welcome to The Legal Way, a podcast featuring a series of legal discussions, case studies, and tactical tips on topics ranging from real estate law to personal injury to estate planning and more with the expert attorneys of Friedman Schumann. As a legal podcast, we must share that no information discussed in our episodes should be construed as legal advice. Should you need help with a legal matter, we encourage you to discuss the details with your trusted attorney. Let's dive into today's episode. to the Legal Way podcast. My name is Allison Laser, and I am your host. I am also the director of marketing here at Freeman Schumann. Today is part two of a mini series that we are doing about important provisions um, in a commercial lease. Last time we chatted a little bit about important provisions in a commercial lease for landlords. And today we're going to flip flop and, going to, and we are going to be talking about um, important provisions for tenants to be aware of. So we brought back Peter Friedman and Lee Mogavero to discuss this. And I'm so excited to be diving into this topic once again um, and talking a little bit more about the tenant side of things. So before we dive into it, I'm going to let Lee and Peter introduce themselves and then they will take it away. So Lee and Peter, if you guys could please just share a little bit about yourselves and introduce yourselves to listeners, that would be great. Thank you, Allison. Uh, I'm Peter Friedman. I'm chairman of the Friedman Schumann Real Estate Group. Uh, I've been practicing law for quite some time. Um, my practice includes uh, commercial uh, leasing, commercial purchase and sales, uh, representing borrowers um, in uh, loans, construction loans, permanent mortgage loans, etc. And anything else that kind of feels or tastes like real estate. Um, our firm, um, including myself, also represents people who are applying for zoning or subdivision relief. And I think that that gives me a full uh, perspective on the whole real estate world. Absolutely. Thanks so much for sharing. Lee, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Lee Mogavero. Um, although I primarily practice in financial services, bankruptcy, insolvency, creditors' rights, um, that practice has exposed me to um, a lot of commercial real estate issues, mm-hmm. and I kind of consider that my, my minor. Maybe not my major, <laughs> but my minor, as I've done um, a lot of commercial real estate That's work, um, often in the context of, of a loan workout or in bankruptcy, but but also um, on the front end as well. That's awesome. So similarly to part one, we have five of the top most important provisions in a commercial lease. So let's just dive into the very first one, and that is fit out and condition of premise. So would either of you want to dive into that a little bit deeper and explain how that can be broken down into like office, retail, and industrial in the commercial lease space? Sure. So let's start with office. Perfect. Um, Office um, fit-out is generally done by the landlord. Okay. Um, in a lot of cases, um, a prior tenant had fit-out done, and a new tenant can just kind of walk in and set up a shop. Uh, that saves everybody a lot of money. Uh, however, if a tenant 
has some specific requirements, uh, such as make the uh, offices bigger or smaller, or add Maybe some technical issues, some tech issues that a particular type of office might have. Right. Um, so they want to do all that cabling or fiber optics or whatever um, before oh. that before the tenant. Takes possession. Um, generally, the landlord uh, takes on the responsibility for okay. doing the fit out. Um, in a retail lease, it's generally done by the tenant. And uh, Lee, why don't you tell us about retail leases? Yeah, I think fit out. Right. What happens with with retail with fit out is often there's a lot of branding involved, a lot of. Um, Aspects of the property that people identify with that particular mm -hmm. tenant, um, especially if it's a retail chain, mm -hmm. um, even if it's a um, you know independent chain, people want to associate a certain look with their brand. Mm -hmm. So therefore, that's something then, in all likelihood, the tenant is going to want to do it itself mm -hmm. rather than just have something more generic that the landlord might do. So. Um, the fit out will then be the responsibility of the tenant as okay. opposed to the landlord. So um, I'm negotiating for even, a, say, a local restaurant. I'm going to want to say, look, I want X, Y, Z in there. I want this particular kind of decor. I want these kinds of things in my kitchen. I want the kitchen set up a certain way. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask for that um, as opposed to just having a landlord do something that's kind of a, a generic thing, not tailored to my needs. Makes sense. And the landlord may find the tenant's fit out or improvements to be of little value for the next tenant. So therefore, the landlord doesn't want to spend money on something that may only be used for five or ten years. So landlord will push that off to the tenant's column and tenant will generally handle it. Gotcha. And what about um, for an industrial um, building. So industrial buildings, um, by virtue of their size and um, their um, uh, roof and the, the free span or the clear span capabilities, uh, a lot of times are fine to be leased the way they are. Um, so then you get involved in a situation as to changing the office. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be done by either the landlord or the tenant. Um, depending upon the length of the lease. So if it's a shorter-term lease, um, uh, the landlord might say, well, I'm not going to do anything real specific mm -hmm. for you. Uh, if it's basic, I will do something for the tenant. And if the tenant might just have to um, uh, fill in um, those pieces that the landlord will not undertake. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. That definitely makes sense. And it's very interesting how with all of these different spaces, there's very different ways that, you know, people approach. Right. Fast. They're different needs. The, yeah. the tenant has different needs mm -hmm. in a retail as opposed to an office as opposed to an industrial. Very so true. If you're negotiating for your tenant, you can try to satisfy whatever needs they have and push as hard as you can to try to get those concessions from the landlord. Absolutely. So next, let's move on to the commencement date and rent commencement date. What all would what all should tenants know about this? Um, you know, when uh, looking at their commercial lease. So a commencement date is typically the date on which either the space is turned over to the tenant, um, uh, finished by the landlord, or the date. 
that the tenant can start working in the space, mm-hmm. um, start doing the tenant's fit-out. Um, or it might be the date where the tenant gets permits to do work. Okay. So it could be it could be a number of different dates. And then what the tenant wants is the, the longest period possible between that date, that commencement date, and when the tenant needs to pay rent. Okay. And why why does the tenant want you know, that long span. Right. Think if you're coming in there and you have to do, actually the reasons could be twofold. First, if you have to do tenant fit out and improvement, you're not generating any income while you're doing that. So you don't want to start having to pay rent. Um, but you want the longest possible period in order to make those improvements. Even if you're not making any particular tenant fit out type of improvements, you want some time that you're in a property and you're in a premise before you have to start paying rent in order to hey, develop your following in that area, um, you know, have people notice your signage, whatever, so that um, you're starting to cash flow, you're trying to, you're starting to make money, and then you can pay rent rather than early, like day one, mm-hmm. where no one knows who you are, no one's paying you anything, so how are you going to pay the landlord some money? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. So, Alice, on this point is actively debated and negotiated in commercial leases. Okay. Because the landlord wants to get that rent check as soon as possible. So the landlord has to pay his uh, bills. So he may, he may have a loan that he has to pay, so he's got to pay his lender. Mm-hmm. He wants the tenant in there paying as soon as possible. He doesn't want them in the property not paying him any money. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody would want that, <laughs> especially not landlord. Um, that's great. That's really, really interesting and, and definitely something that's great for landlords and tenants alike to know. So as we move on, another one of the most important provisions that we discussed um, was renewal options. So what exactly does that look like for a tenant? Well, tenants want the most flexibility. Mm-hmm. So um, a tenant would like... Um, in renewal options at least as many years as they've committed to um, in the primary term or more. So, For instance, if a tenant signs a lease for five years, the tenant will want at least one five-year option, maybe two five-year options. Okay. And that way they can control the space for a long amount of time. And if the tenant has to... Um, uh, provide the funds for the tenant improvements, then they can amortize those improvements over a longer period. So tenants want options, options, options. That makes a lot of sense as well. <laughs> and they want to wait till the last possible minute to let the landlord know whether they're exercising those options um, because they want to be able to take the time to evaluate their situation, see what other possible opportunities are out there, um, before they commit to, you know, exercising that renewal option. So Absolutely. when we had the, the landlord mm-hmm. um, podcast, we said landlord wants certainty and the most dollars. Mm-hmm. So longest period of time, highest rent, lock the tenant in. If you're the tenant, you want to say, I want the greatest flexibility because mm-hmm. I want to be able to reevaluate yeah. in five years and say, do I want to stay or not? Mm-hmm. But you want that option in case you do. Yeah. 
And kind of like what we talked about in the last episode, too, about the that give and take. And I feel like this is probably a situation where that kind of comes up a lot, that give and take, you know, between landlords and tenants as well. So, right. So speaking of options, let me, let me pick up the next topic. Go for it. Because it's, uh, it's also, um, uh, it's an option. Um, tenants, um, in a lot of cases, um, are... Um, a little bit perhaps wary of, oh, gee, how's this business going to work out? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give it a try, but I don't want to be committed forever. Mm -hmm. um, so they try to negotiate an early termination provision or kickout provision. And what that means is that even though the tenant signed a five-year lease, things aren't working out, they want to be able to give the landlord notice. Uh, let's say in year two or three or four, that, hey, this isn't working out, I want to terminate the lease. And the landlord might say, okay, but you've got to pay for that, right? And if you terminate in year two, it's going to cost you 3x. If you're going to terminate in year, year three, it's going to cost you 2x. You terminate in year four, it's going to cost you x. Okay. And you've got to give me so much notice that you're going to do that, and you've got to pay not the balance of the lease, because that will be all that's owed, mm -hmm. but some portion of the balance of the lease, um, because you've got to be able to uh, make it worthwhile for the landlord to agree to that provision, okay. and so that he's not in there without a tenant for a long period of time and not being paid any money. Okay. Um, in this market, with all of the issues, especially in the office lease context, I think, um, that's going to be something that's going to be very attractive to a tenant. Also, the ability to assign or sublet a lease. Um, I'm sure you've read a lot of the big law firms in Center City have been curtailing their space mm -hmm. and subletting. Yes, um, I have seen that. And because of all the work from home, mm -hmm. just one example. So if you're the tenant and you've got office space, for example, you don't know, well, maybe I'm going to need you know, an office for everyone, but maybe I'm not anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I want the ability to sublet to another tenant, you know, if it, if it turns out that I don't need all that um, space that I would have typically needed in years before. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Anything else that you want to add to that, Peter? Um, well, Lee mentioned office space. She mentioned today's market. Um, you know, we're seeing that tenants um, want the ability to give back some space if they don't need it. Mm -hmm. uh, so what would that look like? Um, tenant um, signs a lease for 5,000 feet, and at some point during the term, they would have the right to give back okay. uh, 2,000 feet. So maybe not terminate the lease in its entirety, but give back a portion of the space. Okay. Right. And so the landlord might say, okay, it's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I will accept that. Um, and the tenant might feel, well, gee, I'm not even going to enter into the lease unless I have that flexibility. So I think generally um, when we're representing tenants, flexibility, flexibility, flexibility <laughs> uh, is what the tenants want. Gotcha. That seems to be the key word yes. <laughs> for, for tenants. That's that's really interesting, really great information to know. Um so as we move on, our last point um, would be parking visibility and signage as one of the most important um, provisions in a commercial lease for tenants. So what, what are things that a tenant should know about these three things, parking visibility and signage, as they're in the process of signing a commercial lease? 
Um, let's start with parking, um, particularly in the, in the suburban context. Um, parking is critical um, for a, a tenant and its customers and its employees because they're going to drive mm -hmm. to either work or they're going to drive to the retail store or they're going to drive to the industrial building. Um, so good parking, convenient parking is critical. Um, when a tenant shares uh, property with other tenants, um, the you know the tenant we're representing want, would want to know that hey I I'm allowed to use either all the parking or a certain number of parking or a certain area of the parking. Right? Do I have have a designated area that's my area for my customers or for my employees? Um, and and is that parking that um, only I can use? And then is there overflow parking somewhere else? And how is that how is that all delineated? Mm -hmm. And you'd want that in the lease. Right. So with um, um, and then with um, uh, industrial tenants and with some retailers, loading is also an important right. issue. Okay. Uh, Where not, do the trucks come in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not nearly as important in the office uh, yeah. setting, but. Um, yeah, although sometimes I see that truck outside that's delivering. <laughs> but um, it is important for for the uh, retailers to know, you know, how they're going to be able to accept the goods. Um, some tenants or some townships don't even allow what's called front-end loading, mm -hmm. like loading through the front door. Yeah. It doesn't look particularly good. Yeah. Um, so that's important. Parking's important. And what about signage, Lee? Signage, again, depending on the nature of your business, obviously, maybe if you're an industrial property, you're not as um, worried about your signage. Mm -hmm. But... Particularly, obviously, a retail situation. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, a store or restaurant, something. That's going to be really critical. Visibility and your signage. And typically in a commercial lease, there will be a description of what's permissible signage. Mm -hmm. The size, where it's going to be located, how it's going to be illuminated, any of that kind of stuff. Um, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, there may even be township restrictions on what there type of signage is <laughs> permissible. So it's not even just the negotiation with the landlord in that situation. It's going to be what the township permits. Um, and you're not going to be able to put a 400-foot um, flashing light um, outside your um, mm -hmm. neon that, that goes on 24 hours a day. There are going to be restrictions on that. So um, that is something that you're going to want. Visibility. Visibility may actually be part of the nature of the property itself, right? Where it's located. Is it in the is it in the back of the center? Is it at a you know corner of, uh, or is it visible from the street, from the road, so that passerby so can visibility, see? Visibility. Uh, you might be just stuck with what's there, but if it's new construction. Um, uh, added visibility, you know, can be addressed mm -hmm. um, through the. Uh, uh, improvements are going to be made, and if it's um, an existing building, um, signage is going to have to help mm -hmm. with the visibility. Yeah. That, this is also interesting. I will tell you with the loading aspect of this, I had never even thought that that would come up in a lease, but it makes absolute sense that that's something that you would want to have in your lease and to be aware of and, and all of that. So like I keep saying, I think I've said it in almost every single podcast episode, I'm learning so much and this is so interesting. Um, uh, kind of on the same topic though, but um, 
for somebody who is a new tenant, they've never, um, you know, signed a commercial lease before. They've never, you know, even maybe had a business before. What advice or tip would you give someone who's brand new to this whole world um, when it comes to the different provisions um, that they should be looking for or wanting, um, or even as they're just reading through the lease to make sure that they, you know, have all of their bases covered? Is there any advice or any tips that you would, you know, give them? Ready to go first? I'll, I'll <laughs> that one. So leases are um, uh, typically tailored for landlords. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pre-printed forms are made for landlords, and a lot of landlords produce their own lease forms. Mm-hmm. So um, it's up to the tenant to tackle um, the lease, the lease form, and the language, and okay. this is going to be very, very long. Mm-hmm. And even if um, there's some clarity on how much rent tenant pays um, or how long the lease term is, there could be many other provisions that the tenant should address in the lease. Okay. Um, one of them we just talked about was parking. Um, a provision should be included in the lease as to uh, the parking uh, availability uh, for the tenant, because if the tenant's customers can't park, they're not going to go into the store mm-hmm. or into the office. Yeah. And it won't, won't work out for the tenant. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Lee? My advice, can I say this? It sounds kind of self-serving, <laughs> but I'm getting an attorney. Yes. Um, <laughs> have someone negotiate these provisions up front, because it's a lot better to do that mm-hmm. when you've got some leverage than if there's a situation where something has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And then the attorney comes in and it's like, well, gee, if I had had the opportunity to negotiate these provisions up front, the tenant hasn't realized that something is significant that really is, mm-hmm. and that should have been negotiated, and now the tenant mm-hmm. is stuck with that provision. Um, again, as Peter said, voluminous, landlord-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps to have somebody shepherd, uh, shepherd the tenant through, mm-hmm. um, through that process. Uh, and, you know, even if the tenant is somebody who's a sophisticated business person in their world, mm-hmm. their world might not be commercial lease negotiation. Absolutely. And, and for real estate attorneys, you know, that is what you are doing day in and day out. So I think that that's a really, really great point. And, you know, like you said, whether inexperienced and new to the whole commercial real estate world or, you know, a a seasoned business owner, it never hurts to have an attorney look over these types of things for you. So, um, anything else that you two would like to share on this topic before we wrap up? I think we covered it. We're good. Perfect. (laughs) Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. I'm really glad that we were able to touch a little bit on landlords and tenants in this mini-series, and I'm excited to have you both back again very soon. Thank you for listening to The Legal Way Podcast. Don't forget to follow us at Freeman Schumann on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter to stay in the know with new Legal Way episodes and announcements. We'll see you next time.